Hello, fellow watch lovers, nerds, enthusiasts, or however you identify. This is the 40 and 20 podcast with your hosts, Andrew and my good friend Everett. Here, we talk about watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Everett, how are you? Super duper. I uh, have a, a new a new watch coming in. I found out yesterday that my HK Ed or my Emperor Diver... Um, HK Ed has done all the quality control on the Emperor Divers and they're moving. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Spilled beer all over yourself. That happens. <laughs> uh, so that's going to come in tomorrow. So I, I had assumed, you, you know, my last update I think was about a month ago and I had assumed they were coming in first part of January. I thought, well, the 2017 Project Watch has spanned two years now, but I, I'm going to have it before the end of the year. Yeah, tomorrow. Tomorrow. I'm going to have it tomorrow. So we're recording on the 30th of december so we still are in our second to last our penultimate penultimate day of the year getting ready getting ready to to break in that new year but i'm gonna have that watch so just sort of made my day man i actually advocated for recording a little bit later in the week yeah uh, because i also have a watch in the mail that is out for delivery today so it may even arrive while i sit here which would be a huge bummer but I uh, have that SSB031 that will be here. That wouldn't be a bummer. That would be Today. awesome. No, I want it. I want to I want to directly receive it from the mail carrier. <laughs> okay. Um, but if it happens while I'm here, I'll have my wife open it and send me a picture. We had a ring on the doorbell earlier today. And I, I got a little Twitter pated. Well, at first I thought maybe it was you. I don't I was like, no, anymore. Andrew doesn't ring the doorbell. Uh, and then that's so cool. It must be the postman. It must be the box man. Yes. And and it was. I, I ran to the door and there's a box and a box man walking away and uh, got all like fluttery in my heart. And then I realized. A little bit too big of a watch or a box for a watch. A, a too big of a box. B, a day early. It was, it's actually kind of cool. I got some light bulbs. That's awesome. Some, some photography, some continuous lighting light bulbs. I guess that's cool. Yeah. I mean, not as cool as a, a watch. It'll make the watch look cooler. Did you see those light bulbs? How, did you see They're how big huge. those things are? I, I thought, so I have a set that's obviously different. Uh, and I thought those light bulbs were big, but yours are... It's nine It's nine inches. Andrew's measuring. Yeah. He's, he's feeling a little... They're huge. That's <laughs> how we roll in this house. They're like an inch around. An, an inch. Oh, you mean the like the the, 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 the coil tubes. is yeah. is enormous. So I got some Fovitech, uh, some I, I think that's the brand Fovitech CFL light bulbs. They're fifty five hundred Kelvin lights for for adding adding light to watch pictures mostly, and I guess some portraiture. I'll probably they're pretty bright. I mean, it's kind of like it's pretty intense. I think I'd rather use strobes for taking pictures of people, but for watches, it's perfect. You set one or two of them up and you, you use continuous lighting. In most yeah. Of your I have watch. two continuous lights. I have one behind and one, one behind the subject and one behind me. And I don't know why I just had it in my head that, um, <clears throat> being able to set the light, I think is going to make the photos a little easier to shoot. I've been using strobes. Oh Yeah. Having continuous lighting is way easier. I, I think so. Yeah, I think so. It, or even sort of adding a second light to daylight shots. I, think. I I do it all the time during the day. My my wife will come home and I'll have I'll have brought one of those out into the living room or into the kitchen, and just to just to break some of the shadows that come from kind of weird lighting 
in my house. You know, I have all those angles and weird light placements in the house. So, so the continuous lighting has been great, and I think you're really gonna like it. I'm stoked. I'm happy. I'm I'm happy to play around with it. I don't know what I'm gonna do with those. The the light bulbs are more ungainly than I than I anticipate anticipated them being. So when I break everything down i think i'll just have to save that styrofoam i'm worried about those breaking I mean, they're not cheap right no that's what i did i saved the styrofoam for all the bulbs associated with my uh light setup because i'm kind of i just toss it around you know i've got a drawer that i throw all my my lenses in <laughs> not that don't do that <laughs> no, i know right well i can't throw the the bulbs in there obviously but i'm not i'm not the most uh you know, anal retentive when it comes to, you know, also sometimes see photos or, or videos of photography type people and they have all of their lenses displayed neatly on a special, like, what do you call it? Uh, In like custom sh- styrofoam pelican case. <laughs> or like a shrine, you know, made up of their house. And I'm like, oh yeah, I just throw them all into a drawer, which, uh, you know, for better or worse, I know that's probably not the best. And, and I, and I, I think I'm actually pretty careful with them, but they're not just like... The drawers are out of the way. They're safe. The, right. <laughs> That's right. I mean, but they're not, you, you know, in, in any sort of special special storage system, so... Whatever. Whatevs. You know, uh, I've been eating... I had a couple bags, those little snack bags of Cheetos this week. Uh, they, Kim gets, like, snack packs for the kids. And so I have been putting this yellow bird serrano hot sauce yep. on just regular cheetos and that bag is the perfect size mm-hmm. I, I had i was thinking i gotta got remember to talk about this that bag is the perfect size to i just put i don't know probably an ounce maybe an ounce and a half a of, good healthy amount the serrano is really good it's good the yeah. habanero is better but the serrano is really good yeah it kind of blew my mind how good it was mm-hmm. uh so i take about their their sriracha is really good too have you had that no it's really good I've got some. I'll pull it out. We'll we'll try it before I go. But so about an ounce and a half, and that bag those those they're the little tiny bags. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, like the not enough to be satisfied bags. Like the the kid size, the fun size bags. The fun size bags, like the like the uh, barbecue box o bag of chips. Yeah, you, you know, a family reunion. Someone brings a big box. Of, that's what size they are. It was perfect. You can fold that bag over at the top once. About a quarter inch, twice, just below that. And it gives you just enough purchase to hang on to it and just shake the shit out of them. You turn it upside down. They all get coated perfectly. I drove to and from Portland. Cause That's me doing a, a finger. Just a, a finger kiss. You know, and throwing it into the air. Which, yeah. When you hear that noise, it's what you're hearing. Yeah. <laughs> I had the uh, I had a bag of extra Flamin' Hots that <clears throat> Sam got in my stocking this year. And I ate them on my drive to Portland yesterday. No chopsticks. No, well, no. But she, her leg was there, so I wiped the Cheeto oh, dust yeah. on her jeans. Good, good. Um, That's almost as good as chopsticks. Yeah, but it was. Dude, good this is delicious. Yeah. We're drinking a uh, Wild Ride Brewing Tardy to the Party Huckleberry Tar- Sour Tardy Ale. to the Party. Yeah, Huckleberry Sour. Okay, a Huckleberry Sour Ale. Fantastic. It's not especially tart but it's just it's just the right amount i think because some sours like they they make you pucker ah this i mean this has got got me going it's the only thing i don't like about this and i can already tell it's going to happen is i'm getting the like orange juice film 
Oh. In the back of my throat. <clears throat> like that coating. I'm still working on cough drops, so. Maybe that's what I need. I need to that just. That film's already there. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. delicious. It's good. Yeah. And Wild Ride, I've had a few, I've had a few of their beers. They're <clears throat> out of Redmond, Oregon. Um, I've never been disappointed by them. And I, I saw this today. I went, I went to go buy a bottle of that W.L. Weller that we talked about. Um, We've got an update on the W.L. Weller. Yes. Everett's pricing was off because he was looking at case cost. So that's for like, what, five or 12? 12. Okay. Yeah, they're 12. Well, shit, 199 bucks for 12 of anything. I, I'm, sign me up. Maybe it was, maybe it was six because they're 26 bucks a bottle. Yeah. Must be six case cost. Some sort of package cost though. Yeah. Okay. Not, not per bottle. So anyway, they didn't have it at three liquor stores that I went to. And I, I attribute that to it being. Did you ask them? Yeah. So the OLCC requires them to track yes, locations. The OLCC website has a lag time though. So they weren't on the shelves. I see. My assumption is that at least one of the liquor stores I went to had some in the back, but they keep it for folks that they know. Oh, that's my assumption. Cause I, the liquor store that I service as one of my accounts, they have stuff in the back that it shows on the website that they don't have on the shelf. I see. So that's my, and maybe that's a, maybe that's wrong. Maybe that's, maybe it's an incorrect assumption. So did you check the, did you check the LCC website? Or? Yeah, they all showed some inventory, not a lot, but some inventory. All of those places. But I also know that the LCC website has the Oregon Liquor, Tr- Liquor Control Commission. There's some lag time in their, in their tracking. You know, I think that if they have it in stock, they have to make it available to the public. <coughs> they do. They do. So you just go and call them out. Be like, hey, the OLCC website says you have this. But it's a known thing that the website lags. It's not updated daily with their inventory. It's, I don't know what the timeline is on it. But it's not like they have those, those stores, point of sale system, live feeding mm-hmm. to, their, to their inventory tracking. You know, I was tracking down some, some booze one time. This was... Uh... I can't remember what it was. It was some sort of corn whiskey. It was this like uh, immature corn whiskey that's that historically was made under some sort of government bond. And I'd read about it somewhere, and it was like, oh, these the highballs from this are fantastic. And I so I tracked some down, and, and it made a good highball. Whatever, uh, yeah, highball like it's just a highball. Any whiskey you want, right? Yeah. But so for someone who had recommended this, and I had to track it down, and it was the same thing where. I just went to a liquor store and said, do you have this? And they said, no, but it's at this place and this place and this place. And so I went to one of the places and they said, sorry, we're, we, we're out. I just, and, and he even checked around what places it would be. And then the next place I went and they were like, oh yeah, we've got it. And they had a whole bunch of them. So mm-hmm. I've had pretty good luck. I think we, we stick with it. We are coming to you with W.L. Weller Special Reserve soon. We are. It's going to happen. I know you guys are super worried about it. I might just go... I have some friends who have a couple bottles. I might just go fill a flask. Yeah, I mean, better if we can find some. But yeah. yeah, I mean, the bottle would obviously be better. We'll just road trip it. We'll find out where it is. Well, I know there's some in Albany. Drive to Albany and drink it on the way back. There it is. <laughs> All right. So. Well, here we are. We both got some new stuff. I know you've got a... We uh, both have some toxics on our... Some watches, some new toxics. Yeah, and I gotta. We we already ta- we already mentioned this, but 
Terry at Toxic, my wife ordered a Toxic NATO for me for Christmas, and in her comments asked that he disguise who it was coming from. Like in the in the note, in the yeah, memo like line. Yeah, in the, note, in the, the memo order. line. I don't know exactly how. I don't know if she emailed him maybe, but uh, said, hey, can you – I might not be the one to receive this. Can you hide who, who it's coming from? And he took the time on this – I mean, this is a busy time of year for him, I imagine. Took, I mean, it's always a busy time of year for him because he's always selling watch traps. But he took the time on the package to cross out the uh, the Toxic NATO business name on the package that he sent. And I, I appreciate that. That was awesome. What a cool touch from a... From just a cool dude. We- yeah, I mean, you know, you've got a small company. I think one of the, one of the things about having a small company is the ability to... Is the ability to do things like that. Uh, and if you've got a small business and you're not just absolutely nuts, then I'm, I'm sure you take pride in doing stuff like that. But it's still, it, it's just a cool touch. You know, if you ordered from Cheapest NATO Straps or, well, I don't know. I shouldn't disparage anyone. Maybe they would do something like that. But, but you know, if you order from a company that's selling huge volume with multiple employees, it's going to be harder to get that kind of service. So uh, I, I sincerely hope that, Terry has 20 employees 10 years from now, and he's just... Two years from now. Yeah, and he's just killing it. And uh, But the fact that they... It's husband and wife, and he's, when, when when I asked him about it, he said, oh, yeah, my my I was trying to figure out what the hell... How am I going to disguise this? I'm worried about the post office. And my wife said, just cross it off. And So, yeah, it was perfect. It was great. So I got a black 22 Shiznit on the Mako today, and it looks good. Beautiful. It's I love this strap beautiful yeah i love the shiznits and it and it works so well on that watch too. oh yeah it also worked really well on the citizen avion yeah i I sent you some pictures of it as i was opening it and i love getting those candies those candies are so good (laughs) and the stickers i mean they do they've got a good a good thing going well i also have a black shiznit that i got for christmas it's mine is a 20 millimeter shiznit and i've got it i've got it on the sarbo 35 right now it looks good on that too killer Killer, you, you know that that shiznit material, that seatbelt material, really is what mm-hmm. it is. The seatbelt material uh, lends itself to a little bit higher polish watch really well. I think, like this, like this Sarb, like the Mako, which is just you know people call it a dress driver. I don't know if that's accurate. It's but refined. It doesn't it doesn't look like a tool watch. It's just a refined diver. It's got a little bit more a little bit more polish and shine to it. Yeah, yeah. that's right. So, but yeah, the the seatbelt material lends itself really well. You, you know, I think Omega was the first was the first company really to do that. But all of their all of their watches have a little bit of refinement to them, mm-hmm. and so I think it works so well with the with the Speedmaster or with the um, the Seamaster Pro. Mm-hmm. You, you know that that seatbelt material just looks really good with their with their aesthetic and I, I think these watches are sort of the same in that same that same dress they're they're in the same place on the dress versus utility spectrum yeah and i like it yeah yeah fantastic fantastic straps i mean we're gonna each have 30 toxic shiznits by the end of the year probably so yeah probably well cool so. we're talking about we're talking about fliegers pilot watches today yeah we listened to three different pronunciations of flieger you know, I've heard it pronounced Flagger before, and, and it made me doubt myself, but it's definitively Flieger. We can Flieger. Say, Flieger. We can say definitively, for sure, right? Three pronunciations from dudes who sound like they speak German. 
You, you know, very often we say, we don't know how to pronounce this. I think today we know how to pronounce it. I'm comfortable with it. Flieger. Flieger. But we're just going to say Flieger because... I'm just going to say pilot. Bruschetta. Yeah. Or maybe flyer. I like flyer. 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 I, I actually kind of like that because it's this Americanization, you know, the like... like Because we uh, just assume Spanglish. that when G's and J's are in other languages, it's a... It's a nothing. Right. <laughs> Doesn't might as well not exist. Yeah. You're not a real letter. <laughs> Fliha. Ooh. Ooh. I like that. Getting getting dangerous around here. Uh, So, yeah, we're talking about pilot's watches, you you know, I think maybe different than our... So, this is our continuation of our watch type series. And we're just sort of making making our watch types up. These aren't... This isn't the definitive list of watch types. No, we're just going to go through them. In our heads, what are the types of watches? As, As we exist... As we live and breathe, these are the categories that we dump watches into. Yeah. Um, so this, I, I found that, that our research for this one was a little different, or at least my research was different, in that different than field watches or or even racing chronographs, pilot watches have come in several sort of unrelated iterations. You, you know, the functionalities of pilot watches are... The functionality of pilot watches are vastly different yeah. in different categories. And I think that all three of them are equally pilot watches. Now, now Flieger, I think that term refers to a, a specific, those German World War II beer watches. When I think of Flieger, I think of that specific yeah. type. Um, but pilot watches... But I think that's just because it's... I, I think that's just the, the terminology that you've kind of arbitrarily assigned to it. Well, maybe. Or maybe I, we as watch people have arbitrarily assigned to it. Well, and Flieger is a German word, and that's the German pilot watch. I mean, maybe maybe there's an association there that, that just has to do with where it gets used. But Maybe, yeah. yeah I, I mean, r- really, those are specifically those those watches that we're thinking that be or that's the category. So, so yeah, Flie- Flieger, I think, is just pilot. But in, in any event. There's that very sort of classic German Beer style, but then there's also slide roll watches, which you know, prior to the advent of of digital watches, uh, that was really a, a an important an important device for pilots. And I think even into the seventies and eighties, after digital watches were everywhere, and and you had the ability to do pretty major calculations, people were still use learned at least. How to use a slide roll watch. Mm-hmm. And then you start incorporating chronographs or GMT functions. And this is another very wide category yeah. that we're going to address a couple items from and talk about a little bit. And really the one unifying piece to me is that they're big. They're big and they're easy to read. Y- yeah, r- right. And, you know, I'm not sure all the slide, the, the slide rule watches aren't quite as big, uh, but certainly big, you know, but those beer watches are 55 millimeters. That's a lot of watch. For that's, an original specification. Wrist to elbow. Right. Huge. 55 is Flavor Flav big. Yeah, you could wear it on a necklace. Yeah, you could. Or in your pocket. I mean, I, I think that's sort of traditional pocket watch size, but holy shit, man. That's huge. <laughs> I can't even imagine. No. Flavor, flavor. Yeah, no kidding. So, you know, the, the Breitling Navitimer, I think, is w- widely regarded as the first real slide rule pilot's watch. I, I don't I don't know that that's true. There's a couple of, couple of companies that were making slide rule watches prior to Breitling. 
Mimo is the first company, and, and this is a, I believe, a German company. We're really making the, really made the first, uh, 1940 slide rule watch, and these are really cool looking. Really cool looking. You, you know, I don't know if if this is Paul Newman Daytona rare or whatever. I've never seen them. I've never heard of them. Uh, the aesthetic here is just fantastic the the simple lines on the outside now this is probably as usable for someone like you or me as a you know a programmable logic controller or something but yeah but i'm okay with that i mean that and what's what's crazy about it is that the the actual time telling dial is probably only about 55 percent of the whole dial right pretty the rest of it is all slide rule and, and those hands only go out those hands only go out basically as far as you'd expect them to on a regular three-hand dial. Uh, the second hand extends a little further than the minute hand, but the rest of it, yeah, like you said, all slide roll. All slide roll. It looks so cool. I- I'd like to figure out how to do one thing with a slide roll bezel, maybe. Besides turn it? Besides turn it, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, maybe, uh, you know, I-, I would love to get a, a old vintage navitimer or something but but realistically that's not that's not in the cards for me probably for a very long time um so you know there are some some obvious obvious very nice uh modern interpretations of a slide roll bezel that that maybe i could but it would be fun to pick that up and learn how to do one thing you know whether it's timing i don't know soft boiled eggs or something for ramen or i don't know what it is but to have like even even as trivial and as stupid as it is to have one thing that I do with that, just to be able to use that that bezel. I mean, and, and thinking about the the technical expertise that's required to be able to use that tool in flight is pretty impressive. Well, yeah, I, I mean, have you ever flown a plane? No, I've flown in a plane, but I've done math before. And if I have to do anything but math when I'm doing math, see ya. You, you know, I think depending on what type of plane you're flying, you know, these big commercial, these big commercial jets, they don't, they're not actively flying most of the time. Those no, pilots they're sleeping aren't. or boozing. <laughs> Denzel Washington. Yeah. What was the name of that? God, that was a good movie. I think it was called Flight. Was it? Where he plays that cocaine drunk. Yeah, yeah that's a really good movie. But I, I think those guys, by and large, aren't actively flying and certainly if you were in a world war ii plane you'd have one person who was actively flying and one person who could be doing this stuff but uh i will say having flown a plane before and it was a plane where i was doing everything myself uh there was no i mean there was no take your hands off the wheel pay attention to anything else And, and some of that was my level of experience which was zero and when i got into that plane it was the first time i'd literally the first time i'd been in the cockpit of a plane and the guy I was flying with said, "Yeah, go ahead and taxi up to the, go ahead and taxi up to the runway." And he taught me how to do it. He didn't just say you're on your own, but taxied and and took off. And uh, he was mostly talking to the tower, but kind of taught me how to talk to the tower. And so some of the overwhelming, I'm I'm totally engaged in this singular task. I'm sure would be alleviated over time. Like the first time you drive a stick shift. You think this is never going to get easy, and now we don't think about it. I think some of that yeah. would happen flying a plane, um, but for me, I, there is no way I could have like scratched my nose, much less you know, couldn't put even a couch. fart. <laughs> like, 
Um, and, and again, experience gets better, but, you know, thinking about trying to use one of these things while flying, it wouldn't have happened. Um, at least for me at that time. Not for me either. (laughs) I'll tell you, you know, we, I was in the Bay when I did that. Um, we, my cousin Danny is, uh, well, Kim's cousin, Danny, my cousin by marriage, I guess, is a pilot. He's now a commercial pilot, uh, for Delta, but he flew privately, for, for a, a business owner for a number of years and he's just this very very experienced pilot and he was so relaxed the whole time but we were in san francisco or we weren't in san francisco we were in the bay flew to san francisco buzzed the golden gate did a flyover over the golden gate and me flying the entire time the only thing i didn't do was actually land that plane we were probably up in the air for two and a half hours and I, by the end of it, I was physically exhausted, not just mentally exhausted, my whole body. And I think that was the tension. Yeah. And, you know, the... you were 100% flexed for <laughs> two and a half hours. Just my workout. butt squeezed as tight as it will squeeze. Uh, and so by the end of it, I was, I was ready to be boots on the ground again because I was exhausted. Uh, really cool experience. And I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give it up for anything and I'd do it again, but took the took all of the lifeblood out of me for that day i even remember that night sitting sitting on the couch and just thinking gosh i need to go to sleep i feel like i went on a you know a 20 mile run so yeah uh so so yeah mimo mimo has this first it's a three-hand slide roll beautiful watch and then there's a couple couple other companies juvenia or juvenia i'm not sure it's uh, it's some sort of german pronunciation but juvenile maybe yeah right yeah and, and then eventually, uh, pr- pretty shortly after that, Mimo comes out with theirs, the Breitling Navitimer comes out. And that is, for us, for, for most people, I think, sort of the quintessential. It's the iconic. It's the one that comes to mind. Right. Right. And, and, and such a classic watch, you know, beloved, that they have current iterations and, and older iterations. But it's, for me, the, the quintessential, not only slide rule watch, but the quintessential Breitling. My opinion changed on that this morning when I saw the digital. Yeah, yeah, it's really neat. Uh, can, I mean, can we even get one of those? Probably not. Probably not. We looked. Briefly. But, I mean, it's it's definitely a, it, it's such a cool, just straight digital with that slide rule function on it. And I, I dig that. It could be my new Grail watch. A nav timer. It could be. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I mean, they're not cheap, so it's, no. that's a reasonable price for a Grail watch. Yeah, nor is the Grail. I <laughs> imagine stumbling upon the Holy Grail could lead to probably enough money to buy one. And melting faces that you're not, you know. No, that was the Ark. That's right. Oh, no, the the Grail also melted faces when you drank from the wrong one. Oh, that's right. That's, that's right. But it super aged him, and then he just like. Yeah. Yeah. I, but no, you're right. I was thinking of the the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, yeah, no, I, I like that. I, I like that digital. You know, obviously, makes me think of the Breitling Aerospace, that titanium aerospace, which I would love to have. Uh, yeah, I would love to have that watch, but I wouldn't call that a grail for me. No, that's an anadigi. But I think that 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 pure digital, that could be a grail watch. It's cool. There's not only one grail in my life, though. Right, right. You know, it's interesting that term "grail" uh, means something kind of specific colloquially, but it, but 
the watch world, the watch nerds use that watch to, or use that term to describe, like, this is the kind of expensive watch that I'd really like to have. And, and so I think we, at least here, can maybe be mindful that yeah, it's fair. not just an expensive watch that we want to have, but something that I'm probably not going to get this because it's a either outrageously expensive or or b really hard to find the that digital not a timer i think would fit that because we looked and didn't find them couldn't find them so maybe that works maybe it does maybe it works it doesn't have to be outrageously expensive if it's very hard to find no because according to indiana jones the grail is just the cup of a carpenter cup of a carpenter yeah yeah jewish carpenter all right so we should jump into our watches. Yeah, let's start we, talking about we, examples. We pick some watches for the people, for the people. My first watch. I'll start. I'll start us off because I cheated and picked an extra watch. You motherfucker! You did it. You did it last week, two weeks ago. I did. <laughs> um, so for the ladies, though. What's that? For the ladies, though. For the ladies. That's right. I, I guess that was a, a nice additional sort of pick, but I still felt a little stung when you limited me to two and then came in with three. We even argued about it. I was like, I can't just have two. And you were like, dude, it's got to be two. Yeah, because I knew I had three. <laughs> <laughs> so the first one I've picked, this is, I think, probably the best entry level true b ur style flieger watch you can get with a mechanical movement um 289 euros this is the t-cell to cell or t-cell uh type b flieger watch classic b ur style type b with the inner ring and with the hour markings it's got the triangle at 12 this is a very very classic looking that's 330 dollars and 76 cents okay so in american in, in america dollars yeah so it's not it's not cheap guys uh but i think t-cell is a korean company they make really great watches lots of homage style and i don't think it's fair to call this an homage because it's it's a, a specification as opposed if to if it's a a Fixed parameters. That's right. That's right. And I'll say it's 40 millimeters, which is... I love that. ...a much more conservative size than that 55 millimeter behemoth satellite type watch that, that is really called for in the b specification. So a normally sized watch, and they're beautiful. But that, still took the care to make that big ass crown. That big onion crown. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, you, you know these are not hard to find. You can you can buy them online. Forty hour power reserve, automatic movement. Miyoto nine hundred five S. The hands. It says heat treated blue hands. These look painted to me, but maybe they're hand. Maybe they're heat treated. Um, nine and a half millimeters thick. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, twenty eight eight movement. Um. BGW nine on the loom, sapphire crystal on the front, mineral on the back, forty and twenty. Yeah, it's a great watch. It's a great watch. Uh, you, you know, the thing about Flieger watches is they all kind of look the same, but they've got subtle differences. This, I, I, I'd ask you if you don't know what this watch looks like to take a look at it because it's beautiful. It doesn't come up a lot in to sell as a company. Doesn't come up a lot. I think that there's this attitude about these asian watch brands this 
Ticel is different. They're different than a mushroom brand. They make really, really great high quality watches and, and you could do a lot worse than this. Certainly. I, I think it's probably worth every cent that you'd pay for it. Only thing I'd change is I'd want the two dots. <clears throat> yeah, that that's right. So it doesn't have the two dots on the triangle, but that's the only thing I'd change about it. But I I dig that watch. That's that just made it on my to buy list. When, when in the conversation of affordable fleegers or affordable pilot watches, this is one that always gets mentioned. And uh, it should be. I mean, just just aesthetically, it should be. Yeah, and I don't think for that price you get anything anything with this type of quality or the or movement. Yeah. In from anybody else, this is it. If the cheapest automatic, legit fleeger, this is it. Yeah. So. I'm into it. Cool. And, and, and you know. I, this place would have been filled by the Orient Flight for me. But yeah. You, you can't find the automatic Orient Flight anymore. You, right. You can find the Quartz ones. I'm not going to buy a Quartz. I'm not buying that watch. They're they're incredibly affordable. 70 bucks. I just don't want the Quartz movement in that watch. And it's a it's a true Quartz movement. It's and Orient's. That's, that's reasonable in a in this style of watch mm-hmm. to not want a Quartz. But, I but d- if I you d- want a $60 Quartz Flieger, that Orient Flight's a great option. Yeah. What we got next? Next, I think, is your first watch. Uh, My first. The Citizen Aviator. Uh, The reference on it is AW1361-10H, ringing in at 93 on Amazon. And these are great. I mean, they, they are... A, they fit the bill as an aviator watch. They're 45 millimeters. They've got a nice big crown. Not the traditional triangular onion, but still a their take on that nice big crown. Um, decent water resistance on it. Uh, really legible markers. The hands on it are... The, the loom on the hands is, is good. Not great, mm-hmm. but good. The case is just beautiful. Uh, when you actually get one in your hands, the finishing on it is just lovely. It's, it's really well done, really well, really well detailed. Um, and, and excluding the size, this could actually fall into a field watch. I think with Mm -hmm. the, with the way the markers are at, you've got your seconds in five increments and then a 12 and 24 hour inner, uh, inner rings, um, the three date dial, three day di- uh, date window showing you yesterday, today, tomorrow. I, what, what, what is the purpose of that? Do you know? Just so you can tell the seven, eight, nine joke. Dad jokes. Yeah. A... <laughs> uh, but I like that. <laughs> Wouldn't that be great if someone had that conversation? They were like, look, every eighth of the month, they're going to tell the seven, eight, nine joke. Or at least think of it. <laughs> uh, and the band it comes on. This is, is an important complication. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I mean we're just, we're just going to adjust the dial just, just a little bit. Uh, just, just to fit that need for dads once a month. Um, but the band on it or the, the strap on it also is a nice thick leather that really has held up for, for, from some, or held up some abuse, uh, for me. And I, I've since put it on a leather NATO on a toxic shiznit, but that leather, leather strap is, is great. Well, and you assume OEM leather is going to be crappy so to to know that it's not terrible no you you could buy this watch and not take it off of the strap that it's on and be perfectly satisfied with it hey do you know um why six was afraid of seven did did seven eat nine (laughs) 
All right. Yeah, no, I dig it. I, I, I like the um I like the finishing on the on the bezel. It doesn't look to me like a a brushed finish. It looks to me like it's still got sort of milling marks, machining marks. Yeah, you can on see it. the grain in the in the metal. Well, I like that. I mean, it, it's different. Uh, it, it's different than what you've expected. It, you own this watch, and I love it. And so we've we've handled this watch quite a bit, and we've talked about it on the show before. Um, but really, an incredible watch, and they're so cheap, man. Yeah, they're under hundred bucks now. Under a hundred bucks. I know that makes you sad because it pisses spent... me off. <laughs> <laughs> but but for someone who's looking for a big, cool Eco Drive Pilot watch, even if you're, I mean, even if you're not looking for Eco Drive, even if you just want a big, cool Pilot watch, this is that Eco Drive movement, which is infinitely cooler than Quartz. Um, yeah, it, it is Quartz, but but it's a degree of better than Quartz Quartz. I don't know about that, but I like the Eco Drive movement. I like that I can just leave it on top of my cabinet that I store my watches in, and it holds its charge. It keeps its reserve up. Uh, and this, I mean, this watch doesn't, it wears every bit of 45, but not bigger. Yeah. That's that's one of the things that I like about it. It's a little bit big for me, hmm? but it, it doesn't feel bigger than a 45. It, no, no. That's right. I mean, it it, it is big, uh, but but I guess it's probably about the size as my same size as my AMW three twenty, maybe a touch bigger than mm-hmm. the AMW three twenty. But and that crown is certainly gives it a little bit more wrist presence. A little bit, yeah. Um, but it, it's fun to have a big watch, and it's perfect for the winter when you're wearing jackets all the time. It doesn't get hidden, doesn't ride up, doesn't it? It holds its own against your jacket. I heard once that variety was the spice of life. Ooh. I've never heard that before, but I like it. <laughs> cool watch, man. I dig it. I mean, this it fits our our recommendation style yeah. of giving you some affordable options for, especially in this series that we're doing, of uh, of styles of watches. You can pick one of these up for don't even have to tell the wife money. Yeah, yeah. It could show up at the door, and she'd be like, "Oh, hey, you got a watch today." He <laughs> does. I have the conversation ahead of time. Well, because the blow does not soften. <laughs> That blow doesn't get better. No. Uh, so my second watch, I'm going to sort of move off the beaten path a little bit here. Uh, these watches we've talked about before are pretty typical B-Ur style watches. B-Ur. 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 It's actually a whole word that has been shortened to B-Ur, but we're just going to say B-Ur. Yeah, I like that. So this is a slide roll watch. And we talked earlier when we were talking about slide roll watches that... I probably am not going to buy a nav timer. If I'm going to buy a slide roll watch, this is it. Citizen, Eco Drive, Promaster, Nighthawk, dual time watch with date. What's the reference? BJ 7000 52 E. Cool watch. I dig this thing, man. Uh, you know, this is a watch that we, every time we talk about, talk about this watch, you and me, we say, why the freak don't we have this already? I don't get it. And it's only 200 bucks. 200 bucks. 193 192.38 right now. Amazon's choice. You could get it first day of 2019. Well, I could if I had any watch budget left. Dan Henry, that Dan Henry sucked the life out of me, man. No, I suppose. I had to sell a watch to get the Dan Henry. That's a sad day. Womp womp. Now, but it was a kinetic. It was, was I was ready. Yeah. I was ready to sell that kinetic, uh, it, you know, and and it found a, a great new home 
I've been talking to the owner regularly about how she's doing. She's doing really well. Make sure she's getting adequate wrist time. That's right. Properly charged. That's right. He's been watering her regularly. Good. Yeah. So she's she's flourishing in her new environment. It's better. Good. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so this is on the list for sure. But I think that the availability of this, it's not a new watch. It's always available. It's always cheap. Makes me sort of feel like uh, there's no there's no heat. I've never seen one. You've never seen this? Not in person. Oh yeah, no, I've never seen one. No, that's not true. I I think I tried one on at a Macy's or something once. But but that's the thing is, I mean, when when we're looking at at a, a relatively eclectic and thoughtful purchase, you what you're getting out of this is you're getting a you're getting a GMT function, a unique GMT function at that. Mm-hmm. You're getting a slide rule function. And you're getting an eco drive movement. Yeah. It it checks every box of unique, quirky, desirable traits when you're buying a watch. Right, right. You you know, people talk about preppers watches, uh, or end of days or zombie apocalypse watches. For me, this is Time X Weekender. N- this is it for me. It's two hundred meters of water resistance. You can do calculations with the slide roll. I don't know how to use it. I need to learn how to use it, but this is my soft-boiled egg timer watch. This is the one I'm buying. I'm going to learn how to use the slide roll. I'm buying it. I'm doing it. Do it now. Do it in front of me. I can't do it right now. Tim's not here. She'd kill me, dude. Yeah, no, I shouldn't be. Because I also can't do it right now in front of you either. So, (laughs) Uh, 2019. We'll just say for sure I'm buying this watch in 2019, no doubt about it. Uh, and learning how to use it to time soft-boiled eggs. Maybe we'll split it. Split it? Yeah. Yeah, well, but then I'd have to give it to you half the time. We'd have shared custody every other week. <laughs> I, I, the question would be, who does, like, school breaks, like summer break and winter break and spring break? You know, we haven't talked about the – or we, you mentioned it, that GMT function is different. It, it doesn't have the single sort of arrow go all the way around – gmt hand instead what it has the gmt complication is actually only on 180 degrees or maybe 180 190 degrees of the watch dial and it and it sh- and it shifts so so the hand is split in two it's the, got it's got two ends two ends it's got a, a white end that catches 180 degrees and a red end that catches 180 degrees the white end for the for the am the red hand for the pm nothing particularly i mean there's no mechanical difference in the movement for this it's, but it's so cool it's cool dude i love that i love it's that. so cool and the markers on this they in in an excessively though purposefully busy dial the markers stand out so well mm-hmm. the finishing is great and, and you know we haven't talked about the bracelet but this is this is one of those bracelets that always comes up in the best affordable bracelet this i think and, and bernhardt does a really good job with a number of their bracelets, if not all of them. So when, when people say, what watch has what, what watch under 300 400 bucks has the best bracelet? These are two watches that you always hear mentioned. Uh, and, and I love the bracelet. It's that sort of rounded, oyster-style bracelet. You had mentioned earlier the the angle finish on the end of the lugs. Oh yeah, it's it the the way that the way that it finishes and the case cuts into that to that marking on there it's it's really well finished i mean this this looks so different than a 200 hundred dollar watch you know this didn't make either one of our three watches for 600 dollars list it made a couple of our listeners though 
Yeah, it, it, that's right. That's right. So we talked about that after the fact. Um, but I, I think one of the reasons for that is this doesn't fit into my must-have watch. No, this isn't. This isn't a three-watch acquisition. This is a sixth, seventh, tenth watch this is a pretty but maybe it should be maybe it should be for the amount of functionality you have here maybe it should be it could be it it could be one of a two watch you know we talked about a prepper watch you you know if you're we watched this movie last week bird box have you seen it yet no not yet i I loved it it. it's getting a lot of flack it's getting a lot of flack on the internet i thought it was fantastic it was really tense a few times like uh what was the name of the will smith zombie movie i am legend yeah I am legend. Yeah. Yeah. I felt a couple times in that movie, like stressed out, viscerally want to get out of the room, stressed out. It, this in a few, in a few places reminded me of that. You, you know, there's, really? there's kids involved, Ooh. which always as a parent of young kids, I, I think you have some sort of, there's some sort of genetic programming that happens when you, when you bond with your child like that. And so I felt that a few times with these kids in peril. Um <laughs> Which is uncomfortable, but I think that the fact that it's able to elicit those types of emotions, I really liked it. You know, the end was a little soft. There was a few places that were kind of, you know, irrational or or, mm. or maybe not didn't didn't track with reality, uh, or or even a possible reality. But every movie is like that, right? It's suspend your disbelief. Suspend your disbelief. It's a movie about some sort of unknown uh, race of creatures that defy. natural or physical principles so with that said i thought it was fantastic but i in thinking about what what would you need in that world where you maybe have limited access to electricity you maybe have limited access to um you you know the the things that we take for granted iphones and um that sort of thing what can you do i don't even know what you could do with a slide roll but i think it might be nice to have one yeah 200 meters of water resistance, GMT function. I mean, you don't need a GMT function in a prepper situation, maybe. Time might be irrelevant at that point. It, it might be. Uh, but but certainly, the amount of stuff you're going to be able to do with a watch like this it is incredible. EcoDrive. I think I'm sort of getting married to the idea that EcoDrive is the, is the best prepper movement. I've thought in the past maybe mechanical, but mechanicals are too prone to mechanical failure Needing and, and lubrication and mm-hmm. uh, not that an eco drive is without certain maintenance um requirements but it's going to be better than a battery watch it's going to be better than a mechanical watch I'm, I'm sort of starting to think this is it not that i'm a prepper because i'm not <laughs> no but for those of you who are this could be considerate yeah yeah all right so up next up next you're uh, your third watch. Ooh, second my watch. second watch. Your second watch, because you only have two. Only two. Yeah, because you followed got the, the short end. Yeah, because I followed the rules. <laughs> Is the Aviate Hawker Hurricane? Are you sure that's how you pronounce it? Aviate? Are you sure it's not Aviate? Ovulate? Ovulate? Yeah, I think it's probably Aviate. Probably Aviate. It's A V hyphen eight. So Av eight. What do you think that means? Aviate. I don't know. <laughs> I, Most I, of their watches <laughs> seem to have a. Uh, aerospace. So we're not idiots. We realize that it's uh, just half of the thematic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I went with this watch because it's another one in the. So on the Aviate website, it's two hundred and ten for you this Hawker Hurricane. Cheaper. But I think you can get them for yeah. less, like on Amazon. Uh, the reference on this is uh, 
AV-4011-0. or O. No, it's zero. It's zero H. Zero H, yeah. Um, AV four zero one one zero H. Okay. And we'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. Um, but it's the black dial. And what I really like about the AV8 watches, there's some that I'm not a not a big fan of, but what I really like about the ones that I do like is they've got really great color. Mm-hmm. In their dials. Yeah, this has got that cool punch of yellow and red. Yeah, like a bullseye in their in their nine o'clock subdial. And this is a uh, aviation inspired chronograph, which we've talked about a little bit. A chronograph being an important function or potentially important function for pilots or aviators. Um, And this is coming in at uh 42 millimeters which is one of their smaller watches it's pretty conservative yeah um especially for a pilot's watch but this is it's just a a really cool um really usable not overly busy or filled dial uh it's got the tachometer scale three sub dials uh chronograph function and it's um I mean, for 200 bucks, if you're looking to buy a modestly sized aviator watch or a modestly sized chronograph, because 42 is a pretty reasonable size for a chronograph. It seems to be like sure. chronos come in like 38 and 42. There's some in the 40s, but it seems like those are the those are the big ones for a lot of the chronographs that I've seen. Um, but a, an aviation-inspired chronograph um, with the... I imagine that's a Hawker jet. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. I, I think you're probably Above right. the date window. I don't love that detail. I don't need <coughs> a picture of the plane. I, I, I don't know. I think it's kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, it's an aviation-inspired company. Sure. With an aviation-inspired watch. And then that really traditional yellow outer ring uh, bullseye in the 9 o'clock. It screams, out, it screams out sort of World War II Pilots. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's it's a cool watch. And it comes... That's it, a... It's it's an all it looks all polished to me. I've never been able to handle one of these, and this is probably one that I'll acquire in 2019. Do you know? So on the second on the second hand register, the the six o'clock register, it's got two chunks. It's got a five a blue zero to five second and a red ten to fifteen second section. Do you know any any clue about the significance? Well, they're colors. <laughs> I don't. You heard it here. I don't. I'm not. I'm not familiar enough with uh, aviation either to to be able to even speculate. Well, it's really attractive, uh, and it looks it looks special. I I like the uh, machining, the the finish on the sub dials. They've got that, you know, it's not guilloche, but sort of relief detail on the on the machining of the sub dials. I think it's beautiful. AV8 is a brand that doesn't come up very often. I think AV8 was one of the brands that you uh, highlighted on watches we've never heard of. Uh, it was one that I talked about. It was three. one that I was going to talk about. And you and you didn't get there, but it was a brand that you were like, have you heard of these guys? And I was like, ah, I think I have. Um, but so so I guess the point is kind of an under, under the radar brand that that doesn't get a ton of play but makes for some really cool watches and they've got a great catalog yeah great catalog and one that one that they have that i didn't talk about um it's one with a a day complication that's a a bar along the the side of the dial 
Uh, and, and I didn't talk about it because it's a 45, and a 45 is typically a little bit big for me. Um, but the way that day complication is, it's got a little red dot that fills the day that it is. And it's their um, AV, the, the Harrier AV 4003-02, mm-hmm. their, their Harrier watches, yeah. And another, I mean, a really cool, really the only, uh, the only flourish to that dial is that that day complication, right? It and it's cool too. I dig it. Uh, I I really like that. And I don't know how they, I don't know how they manage that. If it's a, uh, it's got to be a wheel with placed dots. That's what I was just that thinking. rotate through. Yeah, I'd be interested to see that complication without the dial on it. I think it would be a cool. It, it's a it's a great watch. I, I I think it's a I think you could do a lot worse than this. These these are beautiful. I, and that Hawker Harrier, one hundred and ten bucks, man. Yeah. My, if I had an objection to the Hawker Hurricane, and I don't really, but if I had an objection to this watch, it would be the kind of pedestrian sounding Japanese quartz Japan chronograph with date. I want to know what your movement is. Yeah, I think that's a reasonable ask. For 210 bucks, which is not a ton of money, this is legit affordable watch range. And Mm -hmm. and you'd go to Macy's and buy a watch for 200 bucks and not think about it. But for me, being a watch person, I think this watch brand is targeted to watch people. Um, Tell me what movement it is. If they told me what movement it was, I might even be more inclined to buy it. And Mecha Quartz, I, I think you, you can get Mecha Quartz at this price range all day. Oh, that'd be cool. Give me Mecha Quartz. That'd Give be me really Mecha cool. Quartz. And I can see reasons for going with other types of movements. Like this Dan Henry 72 has the OSA, OS80, I think is this the reference. I'm, I'm, I'm probably getting that wrong. But it's it's a movement with a it's a movement with an alarm complication. Mm-hmm. So give me give me something. In terms of movement, for two hundred and ten bucks, you're a Wisp brand. Give me something. What what's special about this movement? J- Quartz Japan chronograph with date. Meh. We could probably dig into it and find the movement. But, uh, I'm sure. But off their website, I'd sort of like a little more information too. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So great, great pick. Next up, great pick. Next up, this is my third watch, and I picked this specifically because it's one of the big five or or original five B or German watch manufacturers. This is a watch from Loco. <laughs> We're going to call this brand Loco. Uh, I, I think it's probably Laco or Loco. I like Loco better. Uh, which like Stova is a, a mash of two words. German company, one of the first four companies to make pilot watches and iwc joined the joined the troop a little bit later to become the fifth company making pilots watches and i think iwc made a handful but laco has laco 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 has made these Loco. pilots watches from the beginning these b mm-hmm. watches from the beginning so one of the original makers you can pick up laco automatic flieger watches for about 350 to 400 bucks with a mechanical or automatic movement uh, on Amazon, you know what I'm not a fan time. of though. Tell me, the the marker color—it's green. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You you know, it, I I, I think, want them white. 
I think if you if you sort of take your time and find one you like, you can probably find one with white. And, and you know, you can find these watches on the used market. They're very, very common. Um, they are beautiful, though. The, the reason I'm going to put this on, and this is their Laco Augsburg Type A, so it's the real simple Type A dial. German Automatic Pilot Watch Reference 861688. It's a 42 millimeter watch, stainless steel, sapphire, OG World War II design, automatic movement, made in Germany. What's the case size? <clears throat> 42. Okay. 42. So uh, a, a little bit bigger than the T cell we talked about mm-hmm. earlier, but has that heritage, yeah. right? Real heritage. Yeah, uh, true heritage to the to the style. And you know, one of the things I always think about what what companies make what sort of luxury watch companies make accessible watches, and, and a lot of them don't. You know, you think of course not. Uh, Rolex, you can't get into a Rolex for under about four thousand bucks. O- Omega, you're probably looking at a thousand bucks for a reasonably priced for uh, for a reasonably well conditioned Seamaster mm-hmm. vintage Seamaster. Um, that's entry level, right? Yeah, is a 50-year-old Seamaster. Um, Bremont, you know, a company like that that you would think, I should be able to get a Bremont. I mean, 2000 bucks to even entry level. Laco is a company that sells 1000 2000 more watches. You can pick up one of their automatic pilot watches for 350 to 400 bucks. Yeah, 398 on Amazon today. I think if you're interested in having a, a luxury watch, for not luxury dollars, you can get a and this and so right. This isn't going to be a fifteen hundred dollar watch. It's mm. going to be a four hundred dollar watch. Yeah, but they're a brand that is willing to provide a watch to the public that is affordable for someone who who only has five hundred bucks maybe to spend on a watch. Yeah, or who wants to buy more than one watch this year, right? Or in the next five years. So I think, gosh, what a cool watch. You, you, you know, we're going to skip a bunch of watches here because we just couldn't talk about everything. No, we could talk about Pilot's watches for weeks. But SNK 809, Pilot's watch. Yeah. It's a Pilot's watch. I mean, it's tiny. Yeah. 37 or 38 millimeters, so it's small, but it's a it's a type B dial. You, you know, there's so many cool options out there. We can't hit them all. We can't even hit every style because we'd just be here all damn day. But... Um, in terms the first of 24 hour podcast ever published. Right. <laughs> so, you know, you, you could do a lot worse than one of these. I think that's it. And they're, I mean, barring the, the green markers. Well, you win some, you lose some, right? White markers. I'd be into it. You know, they've got white marker watches. You know, this oh, is, Oh, I their like that one better. Achen, Achen, Aachen, Aachen, maybe. 861690. This is about the same price, 400 bucks. Uh, same thing with the Type B dial. And this is not, it's not pure white, but it's, at least in this photo, it looks a little bit more white. It looks like Fotinad white. Yeah, it's green. I think it's the VGW9, which is just sort of green anyway. But you can get it, you can, the point is, you can get into a heritage luxury automatic yeah. pilot's watch for uh, under under 500 bucks under 400 bucks yeah prime available so we're (laughs) we're at about (coughs) an hour i I suspect it's going to be less after we've edited um prime move on to 
move on to the next segment, we've got a correction. Correction might be a strong word. This is going back to our field watch episode where someone where not where where someone uh, skunkworks watches wrote in that he I'll read it. I'm not the field watch police, but I think you're on crack. If I'm going to correct it, you think a Commodore is a field watch. I've never tried it, but I'm sure crack is fun. Joking aside, I think you have to draw the line somewhere. If everything from a uh, Sunto to a Hamilton to a Komandersky is a field watch, then the name loses any meaning. I always thought the 1 to 12, 13 to 24 inner was a field watch. I think of military and explorers as separate styles. Now, we decided to to mention this today because it's it's a reasonable correction for us to make but i think the correction is more in a delineation of definition in in creating such a so the field watch is a extraordinary broad category as was as is really every category of watches that we've talked about so far yeah barring field or barring uh dive watches dive watches are the only ones that have which which is still a really broad range i think the field watch the pilot's watch even the driving chronographs, you're getting a really, really big swath of real estate to work within. I think Skunk Works Watches makes a really reasonable delineation within the category of field watches to military watches. And I think that's a that's a perfectly reasonable category within that fits well within field watches. Because not all military watches are going to fit the perfectly segmented out specifications that a field watch typically meets but i stand by the commandersky being though a military watch still a good example of a field watch not because it has a 12 or 24 hour ring but because of the utilitarian lightweight usable shockproof specifications that it already meets and i think what he's doing is he's diving a little bit deeper into a field watch and creating a subcategory under a field watch as the military watch, which is completely reasonable. Well, and I think you and I, I mean, one of the difficulties we had in one of the difficulties we had in researching for that was that field watch is so broad and you have to sort of draw the line somewhere. But I, I think we actually drew the lines in somewhat different places and he's just done a little something more where he's yeah. drawn the line in a different set of places you have to do it um in order to talk about something as a category you've got to you, you know like his point is if if sumto's a field watch and a hamilton's a field watch and the komodersky's a field watch where are the lines and, and maybe that's the answer that's that's if you draw the lines very wide we we made the point to sort of take out sumto's g-shock iron because they're their own category inside of that field watch category it's their own category so we drew the lines where we did and and, and for you at least the Komandorsky fits in, and I can see, I can see that, I can see his point. Oh, I absolutely see his point, but I, I think his point exists in a drilling, in a drilling down of the category versus the very broad stroke category. And when you and look, he at, just set the parameters a little bit different than yeah, yeah, a little bit finer. And when you look at pilot's watches, like we talked about today, is it a pilot's watch if it doesn't have a slide rule, if it doesn't have a tachymeter, if it doesn't have a chronograph? Shit, the original pilot's watch was just. 12 hours. Yeah, it's just a three-hander. I mean, and and that's a self-inflicted wound of watch people to right. be able to categorize and talk about watches. What falls where, and we bring it upon ourselves. But who knew field watches could 
drum up so much drama. Yeah, man. People, people, they, they did drum up some drama. So this is our second week in a row where we have a field watch correction. We nailed it with Raising Chronos. Not yeah, a single. Just, we were so good. Not a single negative comment. No. We killed it. Also, no positive comments. <laughs> <laughs> so th- I can I can tell you already, this episode's going to run a little longer than our normal. You, you and can, we're not sorry. Yeah, I mean, I'm a little bit sorry. I'm well, sorry. I'm not going to be peer pressured. I'm not sorry. <laughs> so other things we like, man. What do you got? Two things. One, really briefly, some fella from Oregon just traversed Antarctica on skis. Yeah, we talked about We talked right? about it, but I want to bring it up again. And number two. Who, who, who did this? I forget his name. Come on. Some fella. All right. Well, Look it up. Dude traverses <laughs> Antarctica on skis. There's only been a dude. And he's from Oregon. Yeah. We know him. Number two, I got some new slippers for Christmas and I've. The slippers that I had previously were like 10 years old. I forgot just how terrific new slippers feel. They just are so cushy. Talk to me, Goose. What'd you get? They're they're not really anything especially special. They're just some University of Oregon branded moccasin style slippers. But God damn it. They are so cozy and comfortable. Just the fact that they're new. Yeah, the fact that they're new. And the only, the, I have one gripe. Okay. Because they're new, they're still really well insulated. They're not worn down. They're and too hot. They're, my feet get so sweaty. <laughs> but they are so comfortable. I you, love them. You, I love new slippers. You know, I've run through a, a number of slippers. I I tend to I tend to think you should spend more on slippers. That you know, slippers are are cheap, right? Uh, disposable items almost. Um, consumable consumables right because you wear them and then they go bad i have had really good luck with a couple of slippers in the past i've I've had i bought a pair of ugg slippers yep. they're not but they weren't the boots they were i've more... seen you in ugg boots though uh, no you haven't <laughs> <laughs> i only wear those in ugg boots and stretchy pants <laughs> flannel shirt and a vest i've seen it uh yeah that's true um the han solo look so they weren't they weren't boot style Uggs, but they were moccasin style Uggs, and mm. they were phenomenal. Uh, sort of a mini Tonka style. Really liked those, but they just fell apart eventually. The most recent slippers I have, they're uh, boiled wool. I love those. I've put them on before <laughs> <laughs> when I wasn't looking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, gosh darn, they're great. Uh, these are from a company called Glareups, which is a Scandinavian company. They're just sort of formed. They look like a liner to like a ski boot. That's what, exactly what they look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, and they're super comfortable. I mean, gosh, that boiled wool or the wool, felted wool is, you know, antiseptic so they don't get stinky. It is, uh, or antibacterial. Microbial. Antimicrobial, the yeah. Um, they are, they, they breathe really well. If they get a little damp, they still retain warmth. Uh, gosh, they're great. And, and there are other companies that make very similar similar options but i've got the the one from glarups i think they were on a mass drop or something uh, a number of years ago and i bought them there but great i love them yeah so all right oh sorry i have a third one do it i did restart norseman the we did too the comedy uh-huh vikings version going in it knowing it's a comedy i love it so one of the listeners of the show, and he follows us on Instagram, Chad Wright, super cool guy, great photographer. Chad mm-hmm. Wright, look him up on Instagram, uh, sent sent a recommendation that after the last episode said, That's, that show's great, you got to listen to it. So I, Kim and I started it. We, we liked the first episode, but episodes two, three, four, five, I think we got through about five. Um, I think we were just sort of underwhelmed would be the word I would use. I think it's so funny. 
It's weird. It's weird, yeah. But I I dig it. It wasn't, you know, and I think something like that could be could be mood. It could be the the way you like, uh, the the way you sort of consume comedy. You know, people love How I Met Your Mother. Uh, I don't dig that show. So maybe there's just a. It's definitely not like How I Met Your Mother, though. Okay. <laughs> um, people love that show. I don't like it. So I guess maybe I just had bad taste or a different taste. But you know, comedy. I think in particular, you respond to a certain delivery. We like that first episode. After that, I think we just got tired of it. Like, eh, this isn't for me. It it does seem a little bit like it is. It can't quite decide if it fully committed to its comedy. I think it would be better, but I don't think it doesn't feel fully committed. That mime scene. Did you watch the? I the loved ma- it. <laughs> the scene where the slave is doing magic. It, it was probably the best scene that we saw in the five episodes or so that we watched. The slave is doing magic to escape and hilarious he, not even magic he's doing mime he does like the, the, the thumb, disappearing thumb the disappearing and they're thumb. like oh he tore his, he tore his thumb off it's not even bleeding <laughs> it was good it he, was starts, good. he starts miming like oh he's 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 leaning on the wall the, the wall is not even there it's 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 worth a watch you might not make it through more than five episodes but to burn up a few hours that's a it's worth looking at and, and you might love it too uh, uh so, some people have, have really liked that so i dug it so my, uh, I've only got one thing this week, but I listened to a podcast. I had I had a couple drives this week for work, and I listened to a. It's pretty short. I think it's a six episode mini series, a podcast podcast mini series, uh, called Lethal Lit, a Tig Torres mystery. This is put together by a, a couple of gals that have experience writing comics. Uh-huh. Uh huh. They produced. I think this is their first podcast. And they produced a podcast. It's a, a Nancy Drew style mystery huh. podcast. Fantastic. The episodes are 35-ish minutes with all the fluff, with the intro, outro, and, and sponsor information. So pr- pretty pretty reasonable to consume a single episode at a time. Um, th- so the commitment's low. I, I think o- all in all, the, the whole miniseries is maybe three hours and it's fun it's really sort of light-hearted i say nancy drew and i don't think it's probably it's not a nancy drew story but tig torres is the protagonist this young lady private investigator style noir mystery really good really fun uh she's she's trying to track down this killer the serial killer uh who who had been the, the crimes have been pinned on her aunt, fun, lighthearted, entertaining, a, a little intense a couple of times mm-hmm. for a podcast, uh, but this really sort of old-timey radio feel where they're creating... Multiple voice actors? Multiple voice actors. Love that. Yeah. And, and they're creating the ambiance with these like traditional radio sound effect techniques, and you can tell they just had a lot of fun with it, making it. That's awesome. The people who were making this really enjoyed the work. Um you know, strong female lead, which I think is really fun to see. Different. Mm-hmm. Uh, I loved it. Yeah, re- really good. Listen to that whole thing this week in just a couple of days, and a lot of fun. And and the punchline's good too. I like it. Yeah, yeah. You get to the end, you know, oh, that's fun. I'm, I'm glad they did it that way. So great, nice. I'll, we'll, we'll leave a link to the to the to the show in the show notes. Yeah, great. That's you, it for me. That's it for me, man. Cool. 
<laughs> another one in the books another one in the books till next week i mean please as with these last few episodes we're gonna have made mistakes i think today uh you know probably talking about some of these german watches and probably ever made the most of them almost certainly yeah uh so write in let us know we'll, we'll shout you out we'll we'll round out the conversation with your comments we really like that we do. Yeah, we really like that. Uh, it, it's it's nice for us, again, to be able to gain that knowledge, but also to round out the conversation. So please and write in, let us know. Like I said last week, as much as we like doing this for our own benefit, we want you guys to like what we're doing. Please like what we're doing. And if you don't, tell us. But gently, <laughs> we're both delicate. <laughs> we're, we're, we're snowflakes. Uh, well, thank you for joining us for this episode of 1420. Don't forget to tune back in next week for another hour of watches, food, drinks, life, and other things we like. Bye-bye. Bumming on Tremolo by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. Licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license.